Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of I Know Why the Nick Caged Bird Sings. The podcast where we watch every Nicolas Cage movie in chronological order so that you don't have to. I'm your host, my name is Steve. Joining me as always is the lovely Hannah Martin. Hannah, how are you this week? I'm good. I'm having one of those days when I get a song stuck in my head for an hour and then a new song gets stuck in my head for an hour. Mm-hmm. It's just been a loop of songs throughout the day. Yeah. And the most recent one was Staying Alive, which yes. is still stuck in my head. <laughs> yeah, we were trying to figure out the words without looking them up. So don't reach out to us because we want to figure <laughs> this out on ourselves on our own. <laughs> So this week is kind of a weird week because we watched, well, we were supposed to watch the movie Grindhouse. Uh, So I don't know if you know anything about the movie Grindhouse, addressing our listening audience here. I didn't. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's a Quentin Tarantino and who was the other director? Not Rob Zombie, but um, not Guillermo del Toro. Somebody weird like that. I mean, Rob Zombie did participate in this. I know, but there. Okay. So it's it's a double feature, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So, oh, uh, Robert Rodriguez. Robert Rodriguez. So Guillermo del Toro and Robert Rodriguez each directed like an hour and a half long movie, and they showed it as a double feature back in 2007. One is called Death Proof, and the other one is a, gamer, a girl has a machine leg. Planet Terror. Planet Terror. <laughs> <laughs> they might be swapped. Planet Terror. Death Proof might be the girl with the machine leg. So Nicolas Cage is in this movie in a very weird way. So apparently between these two movies during the double feature, they wanted to mimic some of the old school double features that you would see back in the day in old movie theaters. And in between those double features, they would show trailers for upcoming movies. And Nicolas Cage is in a fake trailer that they played in between these movies during the double feature. And the movie that he's in this fake trailer for is called werewolf women of the ss is that what it's called close it's nazi women it's nazi werewolf women (laughs) we're off to a hot start (laughs) so i've got i've got the deets (laughs) okay so we're gonna kind of flip our sections i think this week because that's basically it there's really well i should i should explain nicholas cage a little bit so we'll talk a little bit about nicholas cage's appearance in this trailer and then hannah's gonna give us a ton of background information and then after that, in lieu of doing maybe a particular movie awards, we're going to take a look back at our history. Take a walk down memory lane. Yeah, that's that's the term I was looking for. Because this is our 50th episode. Yes, that's exactly why. So we're going to go through our first 50 movies that we watched. Well, sorry, it's our 50th. We've had oh, two yeah. bonus episodes, right. <laughs> but it's our 50th episode based upon watching a movie. Exactly. So... I really, I think I explained pretty much everything except Nicolas Cage's character, and it's at the end of the trailer. I, You know what? I might as well just play it here. Yeah. Okay. Enjoy. And Nicolas Cage as Fu Manchu. This is my vision! <laughs> So Nicolas Cage plays a character named Fu Manchu and Dr. Fu Manchu. Dr. Fu Manchu. And let us know what you think he says there. When we first heard it, we thought he said, this This is is my mecca. My mecca. But then now we think it's vision. Vision kind of comes through a little bit. So there's really no explanation. He is wearing a Fu Manchu mustache, some robes, 
I think he's supposed to be Asian, but he's of not. Course. So I've got, you've got some information. I've got a lot. So let's just leave it there. And Hannah, please let us know what you found. Okay. <clears throat> so we'll start with um, we'll start with the movie itself. So I had to look up what Grindhouse meant. So also, I think with this movie, at least in the trailer for Grindhouse, Quentin Tarantino did the same thing that he did in Pulp Fiction, where he put the Webster's Dictionary definition right in the beginning of the movie. That makes sense. I think so. So a, a Grindhouse is, it's an American concept, where it's a theater that mainly shows low-budget horror or exploitation films, mm-hmm. mostly for adults, so adult films. Gotcha. Um, according to a historian... This theater type was named after the quote-unquote grind policy, which was a film programming strategy dating back to the early 1920s, um, so Prohibition era, which continually Mm. showed films at cut-rate ticket prices that rose over the course of the day. So in the morning, it would be cheaper, and then leading into the evening, it would get more expensive. Hmm. So I suppose that because things were so cheap, people would just stay you know they would hang out in the morning right and if they had enough money to stay until the nighttime they would just like stay at the theater throughout the night prohibition era these places seem kind of shady i'm sure that there was some like underground you know oh, dealing legging yeah. yeah yeah maybe of, of some sort I, I wouldn't be surprised based upon some of the things i'm reading about the history and like the the visuals as well the okay. imagery of the inside of the theaters a little a little, a little bit seedy gotcha okay Okay, so that is a grindhouse. So when Quentin Tarantino made this, I don't know, like, how how do you, what do you consider it when it's two movies in one? It's like a double feature, sort of. Okay. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's weird. It was, when you look up these movies, I think we tried to look up grindhouse and we could only purchase either death proof or the or planet or planet terror which is surprising because they're billed to be together right yeah with the trailers in between so so that's why we didn't (laughs) buy them because we weren't sure if we were going to get the trailer which we knew Nicolas cage was in exactly so therefore we didn't watch death proof or (laughs) or planet Planet terror Terror. which is fine because he wasn't in them exactly i mean sorry like if if you think we're cheating this week by not watching the movie, yeah. we watched the trailer for the movie that doesn't exist that he's supposed to be in. <laughs> yeah, I'll probably eventually watch Grindhouse, maybe yeah. sometime this week. But it's it's a big commitment because it's two full length movies. Yeah, it's like and you know three hours Tarantino and stretches oh, things out. He loves it. Okay. So yes, surprising to us that this movie that was like conceptualized to be seen back to back in reality is not being marketed that way. Like to this day. To this day. Yeah. And even back then. Hmm. So you go, it's like, it, this whole thing is kind of confusing to me. So like you go on IMDb and you look up Grindhouse and it has a 7.5 out of 10 on IMDb and hmm. 84% of Rotten Tomatoes. The budget was $67 million and it made $25 million at the box office. Ooh. So that's what you get for if you just look up Grindhouse. Mm-hmm. Then I decided to look up Death, Death Proof mm-hmm. and Planet Terror separately. Mm-hmm. And they have different ratings and rankings. Okay. So Death Proof has a 7 out of 10 in comparison to the Grindhouse 7.5 out of 10. Okay. As 64% in comparison Ooh. to the 84%. Okay. 
And I couldn't figure out what the budget was, but it made $30.7 million at the box office mm. when Grindhouse only made $25 million at the box office. Mm. And then Planet Terror, 7.1 out of 10 in comparison to the 7.5 for Grindhouse and 7.0 for Death Proof, 74% in comparison to the 84% for Grindhouse and 64% for Death Proof. And then a budget, or no, box office earnings of $10.9 million. So it's all over very confusing and like it was very difficult for me to kind of find much because Hmm. of that because I'm not sure like are these supposed to be seen together? Are they supposed to be seen separately? Yeah, you would think that the artistic vision of Tarantino and Rodriguez, they would want them to be seen together. Forever, even even though it wasn't very successful in the box office as we see. Yeah. Um, So it sounds like when it first came out, in the United States, they put them together. Mm-hmm. And then they realized that people weren't coming to see it. Gotcha. So then they decided to split it up. And then when they released it internationally, they were shown separately. Mm, okay. I kind of actually vaguely remember that that as a story from 2007. I don't, because I had no idea that this movie existed. <laughs> I remember seeing the commercials and trailers for really? The Girl with a Machine Gun Leg. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. But then where like where do these fake trailers come into play? If not if you're seeing it all as a package. I yeah. So I, I, I just don't know. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> so I I don't know like when we're rating this movie, it has nothing to do with the trailer in my mind. Well or the one for Grindhouse would have to do with the trailer. So like Grindhouse is the full package. Right. And that's being very highly rated in comparison to the movies separately. But yeah. if I'm considering the movie separately, I'm considering that you probably aren't seeing the trailer. Yeah. So the thing that's bringing the ratings up could possibly it be must the trailer. Be the tra- <laughs> it must be the presence of one Mr. One, Nicholas Cage. That ultimately... <laughs> that's what it is. That's, that's what be. it is. It's gotta be. That's the, that's the God honest truth. There's no other logical that, explanation. There's no explanation. <laughs> no, so yeah. This trailer that he was in is for a movie that Rob Zombie directed. Yes. <laughs> Not a real movie. No. Um, called Werewolf Women of the SS. And Rob Zombie originally intended on actually turning the trailer into a um, into a film. Sure, yeah. Um, but he decided to scrap it along mm. with some other fleeting ideas that he had, I suppose. Yeah. Um, so the plot of this quote-unquote <laughs> movie... Yeah. Is that um, Nazis are planning to win World War II with an army of werewolf women. Of course they are. Turning women into werewolves. So that's the behind the scenes of the movie itself. Okay. Then we can talk a little bit about the character that Nick plays for approximately 10 seconds in this. Yeah, please. So, Where did that come from? <laughs> that character. So Fu Manchu is a fictional supervillain in many works okay. like this isn't exclusive to this movie uh, so right. it, it it was written by an english author sax uh romer sax romer in the first half of of the 20th century he came out with a ton of novels with okay. um fu manchu as this like super villain gotcha. who got other people to like do his biddings he's the super villain so okay. he's got minions and shit right right, right. um minions and shit. minions and shit so this all came about during an era in the United States, which we aren't very proud of. Oh. The, the yellow peril. Right, right, right. Okay, um, yep. Where a lot of 
Caucasian people considered East Asians to be a threat to Western society as it is. Right. Um, Xenophobia, you know, just not being afraid of the unknown, like white white people doing (laughs) doing doing that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, So I thought you said, did you say he was a British author or British author? Oh, interesting though. Okay, so he's a British author, even though. Well, well, I mean, yellow. Peril was in a lot of Western societies. So let's just say like Western societies versus Eastern societies. Gotcha. Okay. Um, I'm just speaking of this in the context of the United States because a lot of movies and things came out in the first half of the 20th century with a Fu Manchu Mm. villain in them. Right. Always played by a white person. Well, yeah, that was especially in the early part of the 20th century. Yeah. It was like white people were but essentially... But forever, the... like no Asian person has ever played this role. Even to this day? I could not find a case. There was Jesus. one man who is Swedish who had a vague Mongolian... Heritage. Like heritage. Jeez. But everyone else is like dominantly coming from white background whoa um so yeah super racist yeah um but had some cultural impact i suppose because the mustache that he has yeah we is call called, it we call it a fu manchu yeah we still call it a fu manchu mustache really interesting so after like the i don't know the height of the yellow peril right ended this role became more like satirical mm, okay it, Moving after, I would say, World War II, people, you know, (laughs) no longer (laughs) were believing some of these things. Sure. You would hope, yeah. Right. But, you know, the media uh, creating this role, like, not the the news media, but, you know, Mm -hmm. movies and books and things, it it was always more satirical than than anything else. Um, All right. So we can get into a little bit about his performance. How did he get it? How did it? That's what I want to know. I have know. no How idea, actually. Cage? It's oh, probably man. just Tarantino okay. and just, yeah, we wanting want, him. Yeah, we want somebody who can scream a crazy line at yeah. the end of this. Or yeah. zombie. Rob Zombie. Maybe. Rob Zombie. Yeah. Um, so right before Nick enters the screen, they throw up. It, so it's a trailer. So, mm-hmm. it, you know, every time someone appears, it'll say like, you know, whatever i can't think of any of the other actors in it but it <laughs> yeah. comes up and it says nicholas cage as fu manchu and right before he enters like the scene there's an asian woman who rings a gong okay do you know who that asian is that woman his is? wife that is his wife wow what? <laughs> one alice kim coppola cage or whatever that's amazing i did not know <laughs> that at not all. not an actress i think we talked about this when they first got married but she was a cocktail waitress that he met right. at the restaurant that she worked at wow and then he took her to uh what was it south africa or australia oh when he filmed lord of war lord of war i think it was south africa Africa. i think somewhere in africa i think it was africa i don't know go back and listen to lord of war (laughs) took place in africa so they probably filmed it there yeah yeah maybe so yeah that's uh that's uh mrs cage (laughs) (laughs) are you jealous (laughs) yeah of course (laughs) i love gongs (laughs) that's such a weird thing i love gongs okay (laughs) what else no i'm not taking that out that's hilarious what else you got um i don't know 
we could leave it there. I mean, yeah, like so in the original, I guess release of this, the full trailer for Werewolf Women of the SS was only two and a half minutes, but I found an extended release where he has another line in it. Oh yeah, what's the name of the thing he's after? So all right, we'll play it right here. Oh right, okay, yeah. And Nicholas Cage as. I wanted Cinnabar. Cinnabar! To my liking! This is my bedtime! <laughs> so the first one that you that you heard was the cut of it that was only in like the original release of it. And then this one that you just heard was the extended release. So he says, I want that Cinnabar, that Cinnabar to my liking. Right. This is my vision. Ha ha ha. So Cinnabar, I had to look up. I only knew Cinnabar. I, you know, for a second thought Sounds it like might have been Cinnabon. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Cinnamon Toast Crunch or Cinnabon, <laughs> like the, the pastries. Mm-hmm. But I also there's a Cinnabar Island in Pokemon, which I was like, I don't know what Cinnabar means. And no. I was like, I did. I thought it was a made up word for a video game, but it's actually a mercury uh, sulfate, mercury sulfate. It's it's a like weapon? A, a what? A weapon? No, it's like an ore. It's like a um, a rock, like it's a bright red rock that people would grind up and turn into um, pigment, like a red pigment. The hell does he want that for? I have no idea. <laughs> That's why it's extra confusing. <laughs> so the context that comes too light in this extended cut which isn't prevalent in the first cut is okay. that like the leaders of the ss i don't know if it is hitler but like sure whoever the Gest- the gestapo people are mm-hmm. saying that you know like he's they need one more hope to win the war so they're going to bring in fu manchu who is going to be the nazi's last hope to win the war does he create the werewolf woman? No. Oh. They already created the werewolf woman oh. and then it's like failing or something. <laughs> it's like not working. So they're like, okay, we got to bring in Fu Manchu. Oh my God. <laughs> so he wants some Cinnabar because okay. that's his vision. Ha 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 ha. Or his mecha. No, it's definitely vision. Or his mission. I think vision. I think it's vision too. I think vision. Yeah. Anyway, let us know what you think. Yeah. What he says. <laughs> it's not clear. <laughs> wow so if that's all you got we can go to our next yeah we can go to our next segment so our nick cage awards we usually give out on a movie basis uh i don't think we can do best supporting we we didn't talk about what he's wearing other than the fu man i don't remember what he's wearing so if i all i remember is that he's wearing robes and he's got that fake mustache it's like very stereotypical right is he wearing like a, a hat or a turban or something or a wig maybe He's wearing something. He's wearing on a his wig. Head. His uh, robe has a dragon on the back of it. Nice. I'm just gonna turn down the volume and watch it. Oh, okay. It's glittery. <laughs> the sleeves have a trim that's like gold glitter. Mm. So, <laughs> before we get into what he's wearing, first, the first award we give out is best supporting actor. So that's probably his wife. It's, yeah, for sure. <laughs> she does a great job. Yeah. Uh, best dressed is he's only wearing the one outfit. Mm-hmm. So you could we'll post that on our Instagram because that's the only thing he wears in this trailer. Yep. Uh, worst scene and best scene are both the same thing because it's the same scene. 
uh, the best scream. Well, there's only one scream. No, there's two. The Cinnabar or the This Is My Vision. I think vision. This Is My Vision. This Is My Vision is way With better. With the ha-ha. That's the one that made the final cut. So, yeah. <laughs> and then the most nouveau shamanic moment. Probably that he repeats Cinnabar. I, you know, I think <laughs> anything in this whole thing could be a nouveau shamanic moment. He That's... says, I want that Cinnabar. That Cinnabar. <laughs> <laughs> So that's it for Grindhouse. Um, so now you have a difficult decision to make. So this is, again, a first for us. Where did we put us. Never on Tuesday? Where did we put Never on Tuesday? Let's find out. It is, it's now become somewhat towards the bottom, unfortunately. We had fun watching it, but it's at number 35. It. Somewhere near there. Okay. So below Never on Tuesday at 36 is Rumblefish. What's 34? Fast Times at Ridgemont High. What's 33? Peggy Sue got married. Maybe between Fast Times and Peggy Sue. Okay. Let me put that I don't in. know. Like, where do you put those? I have no idea. Well, because we also didn't watch the rest of the movie, so we can't, like, we can't base anything off of it's the all, movie itself. Yeah, this is all about his performance, and this is all about the rest of mm-hmm. the trailer. So I guess if I'm looking at the rest of the trailer, none of it made sense. Absolutely not. <laughs> I don't know if it was supposed to. I, I mean, I guess it was because he wanted to make a movie based off of it. And when you're making a trailer, you want it to be as like cut and dry as possible so that the audience who has no context for the movie has like some semblance of an idea of what the plot's going to be about. And yeah. like, Steve, you didn't understand if... Fu Manchu was the one who created this in the werewolves. No idea. No <laughs> clue whatsoever. Well, so if we put it there where you said between Peggy Sue in Fast Times, uh, then it becomes number 34. Fine. I don't care. <laughs> you don't care. It's, it's fine. It's somewhere smack dab in the middle. I mean, it's funny. Like, it's yeah. a fun... I'm sure that if I didn't know that, that Nick Cage was in this and I... I ended up watching Grindhouse in right. full. Right. I watched the first motion picture. I was like, all right, I don't know if I'm if I'm too tired to, to keep going. And then I started seeing these weird trailers pop up, like if I didn't know anything about that. And then I saw Nick Cage in that yeah. trailer. That would give me enough, I think, like energy to keep powering through <laughs> and watching the second film. <laughs> so on that alone, I think it deserves that ranking. Fair enough. I... I love your justification for it. So um, I don't <laughs> this know. This is coming from a woman who can't stay awake for anything. That is true. Oh, my God. So I am a big movie buff. I love watching movies. But when I first met Hannah, she would fall asleep during every movie we'd watch. Doesn't like, matter if it was good or bad. No, if it, it was, was scary. It was loud. a Pavlovian <laughs> response. She would just fall asleep when a movie came on. But she's gotten much better over the years. Well, we realized that I, if if I'm watching a movie at... A daylight hour. Right. The odds that I'm going to fall asleep are much lower. Right. So before we get into what we want to do with the rest of this episode, Mm -hmm. I'll say, do you know what we have in store for next week? Is it next? It is next. (laughs) Next is a horrible movie. Next is next week. Next is next. Next is a terrible movie. He's got the worst wig you've Mm. ever seen. For some reason, Jessica Biel, who's very attractive, is attracted to him. He's got the worst wig, but the hottest (laughs) co-star. Yeah, and he can see the future, but only two minutes into the future. So that'll be fun. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So um, that'll be fun. 
So is that a superhero? No, I don't think it's based off of a comic or anything like that. Yeah, but what, like, would you consider that a superpower? Yeah. All right. So he's just living his dream. <laughs> yeah, that's probably <laughs> why he took it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the next segment we want to do, because it's our 50th <laughs> <Next>. episode, <laughs> our 50th movie that we watched, we want to go back through and give you, the listening audience, Hannah and Steve's quintessential top 50 ranking of the first 50 Nicolas Cage mm-hmm. movies. But also like our candid reactions to each one. Yes. So I'm going to go through the list and we're going to get Hannah's We're going reaction. from bottom up, baby. We'll go bottom up. And do you remember what number 50 is? A Christmas Carol 2001. I was going to say, like, I've, I knew that Industrial Symphony got knocked out, but I forgot by what. By what. Christmas Carol is terrible. It's horrid. I, I, no one asked for it. That's anim- like, that's really what I remember most yes. about it, that just nobody asked for this. And how the mice are more interesting than the humans. <laughs> and and Kate Winslet has an original song. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's not the only movie that we'll go through here today that has an original song. We'll oh get God, there. I guess we'll, we'll get, get there. there. All right. Number I don't four- want to linger too long on yeah. each one. Yeah. Number 49. You already teased Industrial it. Industrial Symphony. Symphony. Number one. The Dream of the Broken Hearted. Just the nightmare of everything. <laughs> that is David Lynch at his finest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> number 48. I don't think you'd be able to guess this one. It's Time to Kill or Tiempo de Unetri. The rape movie. Yeah. A movie completely about rape. And then he just justifies it. All movie. Terrible. Number 47, kind of similar in tone, is Captain Corelli's oh mandolin. <laughs> you remember his terrible Italian accent? It was, it was offensive. <laughs> it, it, was, it was also a really, really boring movie. Oh my God. Speaking of boring movies, number 46, this is, our, this is the last of our bottom five, and that is The Boy in Blue. Honestly, that like <laughs> bottom five really deserved it. They're... Steve hates bad. The Boy in Blue. It's so bad. Would it's... you rather watch A Christmas Carol or The Boy in Blue? Christmas Carol. You Are you kidding me? No. Christmas Carol's like f- an hour 15, maybe less, maybe like 45 minutes or something. Boy you would Bl- rather watch The Christmas Boy Carol? Boy in Blue is two hours of nothing. How, how do you remember that it was two hours? I don't, but that's just how I feel in my heart. <laughs> At least there was action. No, there wasn't. That was the problem with the movie. There was. He rode in a boat. Right. But... They invented the... The the sliding seat. seat. (laughs) The big action piece... I'm proud of myself that I remembered this much about these movies. The big action piece at the end of the movie was that a screw came undone. And he just... And he sat there and screwed it back together. That wasn't very... It wasn't interesting. All right. What action happened in A Christmas Carol? He was a ghost. There it was ghosts. the worst animation I've ever seen. You couldn't even tell if there was action happening because it was like stop start. All right, let's stop arguing and get to a movie that we can both agree on, which is Amos and Andrew at number <laughs> That's 45. Total shit. <laughs> that movie sucked. I can't believe Samuel L. Jackson was like a part of that. And speaking of original songs, Sir Mix a Lot's Suburban Nightmare. Oh my god. It was the best that, okay, thing Okay, that's out of what and that's what's keeping that so high on the list. <laughs> so high on the list. Yeah, this movie was really bad. All right, number 44 is another animated movie we watched recently, The Ant Bully. That movie was bad. It was bad. It wasn't Yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't watch it again, but no. But I said it in the 
rude, rude. Mo- <laughs> motorcycle going outside. Uh, I said it in the episode, but I'll say it again. The person who made the ant bully knows nothing about ants or bullies, <laughs> or, bullies. <laughs> or physics or how to make a movie, apparently. The uh, animation at least was fine. Yeah, I mean, it was Jimmy Neutron animation. Yeah. So... Uh, number... Right, Tom Hanks wanted it to be done. Oh my god, right. <laughs> like 10 years after all of the movies came out about ants. Ants. <laughs> What's next? Uh, number 43 is Bringing Out the Dead. Yeah, it was just sad. Well, and he had no on-screen chemistry with his own, own wife, wife, Patricia Arquette. That. Yeah. That's why we ranked that so low. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Number 42, speaking of on-screen chemistry, is City of Angels. And oh, also speaking God. of original songs. In the arms of the... No. No, and it's, I don't want the world to see, see me. Because I don't think they <laughs> understand. Goo Goo Dolls? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that song but was huge. But yeah, it was it was pretty boring and pretty bad, I thought. Uh, number yeah, 40, not Meg Ryan's best. Number 41 is one of my favorites because of how weirdly it ended but you hated it and that is zandali the softcore <laughs> porn that is zandali that ends in an aggressive ballroom dance <laughs> two men who are combating each other the whole movie nick had a great scream in that movie the he had a he was couple. sitting on the floor and he had paint all over him mm-hmm. or something and he said black it out black it out black it out black <laughs> yeah. it out i don't know why he did that i forgot what got him there <laughs> did she die or something did someone uh, die? No, I don't think she died. I think she lived. Zandali was the What's name of the, the girl. What's the conflict? Well, the conflict was that uh, Judge Reinhold was impotent. He couldn't get it up for yeah. his very attractive girlfriend, Zandali. Right. No, I know. And oh. he was a hot artist who, who came into town who was an old friend of Judge Reinhold. Yeah, but like, why did he black it out, black it out? I guess because she broke up with him in favor of Judge Reinhold or something. Or, I don't didn't he kill Judge Reinhold? He killed... No, because it didn't end in them dancing. Well, it didn't... But then there was like a boat chase. Somebody had a gun. Yeah, that was after he blacked it out. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't matter. <laughs> well, let's move on. The next one is the bubblegum ice cream <laughs> cotton candy taco. That is, it could happen to you at number 40. The cotton candy taco movie. The cotton candy... It was just so cheesy and everything... Is that where that came from yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. uh number 40 or Wait, was that the lottery one right? yes that was the lottery okay. one with yeah Rosie he plays Perez a cop somebody because else i forget the, the he lead always actress. plays a cop he plays a cop or a criminal typically uh so speaking of playing a cop or a criminal number 39 is another david lynch picture and that is wild at heart that somehow got Oscar nominations. For the mom. <laughs> the mom who we thought was the worst actress of them all. Who didn't say any lines from the script. Oh my god. Yeah. There was a ton of Wizard of Oz imagery in that movie as well. <laughs> For no reason. Uh, Wait. What? What was the movie recently that we saw where the female actress was the worst actress in the movie? Oh, we'll get to it. Yeah, okay, when we get to it, I want to know if you think that she was better than the mom in Wild and Heart. Okay, it'll be a toss-up. But next up at number 38 is Firebirds. Oh, the Apache helicopter. The Apache uh, helicopter advertisement. Advertisement. <laughs> he had a good uh, good scene in that. Rock'em, sock'em. Oh, yeah. Rock'em, sock'em, bop'em, dop'em, flop'em. Yeah, Do you want to chew so- some strawberry gum? Yeah. <laughs> 
And then, uh, yeah, there's <laughs> just so much, so much of that movie to unpack that we won't get into here. Like I say, for all of these, go back and listen to our episode on Firebirds. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. This isn't o- going to give you any context. The only episode that we had a guest on our podcast was Firebirds. Your dad showed up halfway through. <laughs> He's like off mic shouting at us. Uh, let's see. Number 37 is rumblefish also known as mumblefish because it was an early movie so damn quiet yeah very early it's like Uh, his third movie the first movie we saw nick cage's butthole so uh next not see his butthole (laughs) it was close enough (laughs) saw his crack butt crack (laughs) so we mentioned this a little earlier so now we're getting into the area of uh the mid-30s which is number 36 and that's never on tuesday his brief cameo which was brilliant that movie brilliant so good number 35 fast times at ridgemont high yeah he's not in it no but it's a, it's a <laughs> it's fine a movie. movie yeah uh number in it. yes <laughs> number 34 we just discussed was grindhouse or uh ss or werewolf, the, werewolf of, the of the ss yep number 33 was peggy sue got married fuck that movie amazing amazing movie His voice another <laughs> you mean my hwang you made my hwang that's how he talks the entire movie he does that it's amazing uh number uh, steve i'm impressed that we remember so much from these movies <laughs> <laughs> me too i'm not i remember a lot of this stuff i have a very terrible memory when it uh, comes to this stuff number 32 the cotton club i don't remember much about this movie it other... was also another early movie and it was another one that was sort of like two movies in one in a way and all i have written next to it as a little reminder of what happened in that movie was Behind the Queen. <laughs> oh, I thought that was from Moonstruck. Uh, no, we'll get to Moonstruck. <laughs> uh, next up, number 31 is Guarding Tess. When Nick Cage said, I want to do comedies, and he did it's Guarding not funny Tess. At all. No. A comedy of manners, which was not funny. And it ended in like a mystery and suspense, right? Didn't she get kidnapped? Yes. She got kidnapped <laughs> by her driver or something. Yeah. Yeah, so Nick Cage shot someone's toe off in the hospital. Oh my god, I remember that. <laughs> it was uh, amazing. Speaking of Moonstruck, that's number 30. I lost my head. Uh, I lost my bride. bride. We quote that more than any other one. Uh, maybe. I don't know. There's some other stuff where we quote quite a bit, I'm sure. <laughs> number 29. We quote never on Tuesday a lot. Can I give somebody a lift? Is anybody hurt? Is anybody hurt? <laughs> Uh, number 29 is Nick Cage's directorial debut, and that mm, is Sunny, Sunny, where he plays Acid Yellow. That with, was awesome. It was, the movie <laughs> itself was not great. I thought James Franco was good. Yeah, that's probably why it's so ranked in the middle here, uh, because the performances were pretty good, but it was no, just No, it's ranked movie. there because of Nick Cage's it, cameo. Well, because he's not really in it. His cameo was good, but he's not really in the full movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so a movie that he is in the full thing of, which wasn't particularly good, but is somehow at number 28, is Trapped in Paradise. So go back and listen to our Trapped in Paradise episode where we lose it because I'm... Hannah sneezed on oh Mike. <laughs> we lost it. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fun one. I liked Trapped in Paradise. It was it's fine. Like, yeah. I don't know. It had like a Home Alone kind of vibe to it. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, John Lovitz and Dana Carvey and Nick Cage play three brothers who... Yeah. Oh, wait. I think I remember my favorite scene. I remember both of our favorite scene. It was the one where all of 
the patrons at the bank have to follow. Yeah. Oh, no, it's the it's all the patrons at the restaurant have to follow Dana Carvey into the bank. Right. Because he held up the restaurant and the, the bank at the same yeah, time. They held up the bank and they said, well, we can't get into the vault without the key. And they said, well, where's the key? It's well, like, oh, it's well, the, with the, the manager the di- at, the at the diner the across the street. <laughs> <laughs> so they had to go over to the diner. They said, okay, well, you need to come with us. But as soon as we leave, everybody in here is going to call the cops. So everybody from yeah, the restaurant. Everyone's a witness. So yeah. everyone has to come with us now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was funny. Yeah. Uh, number 27 is one of the earliest movies that we saw that we did not care for, which was Valley Girl. Yeah, Valley Girl was fine. It was bad. They're remaking Valley Girl for who knows why. I remember when we saw that they were remaking Valley Girl, I went back to watch like a scene from the original Valley Girl and Mm -hmm. I forgot how terrible the female lead was. Well, they didn't even put her on the poster. <laughs> also, Tommy Pickles also, takes Tommy Pickles <laughs> takes, her, takes her takes her boobs out in like the first five minutes, and then also the audio quality was like <laughs> they just had a running fountain next to the camera or the mic the whole movie, and you couldn't hear a word. That's fine. It was low budget. Uh, number twenty six is uh one of the more racist movies that we discussed, which is Wind Talkers. Mm. Um, a movie that should have focused on the brave Navajo man, but it instead, instead was on Nick Cage. <laughs> a Nick Cage, not not a vanity picture, but almost. Uh, so speaking Painted of him as the hero, yeah, exactly. So speaking of war movies, we talked about this earlier. Uh, Lord of War is number twenty five, right in the middle. Lord is of Lord war. of War. I liked Lord of War. Yeah, it had its moments. I think I don't know why we ranked it so low, but I'm sure it wasn't very cagey. That's probably why it wasn't really cagey. So yeah. I don't know. Our rankings often are all over the place because it's either <laughs> how cagey is it? What was the vibe, general like vibe that we got from mm. the movie itself? How were we feeling that day when we when we watched it? You're not wrong. <laughs> so were we hung over. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. A lot of these I've been hung over for because we always record on Sundays. <laughs> uh, so number twenty four, moving into the top twenty five, the top half, the fifty, the top fiftieth percentile. Oh boy. Uh, number 24 is a good one. It's Snake Eyes. Ooh. There were a lot of plot holes, <laughs> but yeah. but it was really good. I mean, you know, fun, I guess, is the word I'm it looking was for. Fun. He was like a, he didn't know how to, how to, Nick Cage as an actor, as we've seen in multiple films, does not know how to actually like pretend like he's talking on the phone. That's right. The one or in the beginning was really good where mm-hmm. they do the one shot. Yeah. yeah. Or the one take, I should say. Uh, so the next one up is number 23, and that is one of Nick Cage's earliest good performances, and that is Birdie, uh, the seventh yeah, movie we he's watched. He's really good in Birdie. Really good performance out of Nicolas Cage. Terrible ending. One of the worst endings I've ever seen in a movie. Because you think Matthew Modine's going to jump off the building and try to fly, and he just lands on the ledge below, and Nick and he looks at Nick Cage and he's like, what? And then La Bamba plays. <laughs> right. <laughs> And, like, there's this whole dramatic movie. Nick Cage is crying his heart out. He's giving so much emotion. And the movie ends in a yuck, 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 like, kind of. Right. And it's, it, it's terrible. I hate it. I hate that ending. I remember we both looked at each other. We were like, what? What was that? <laughs> Credits rolling. Like, no. What is happening? Yeah, that's bad. Uh, Another movie that is what is happening i'm trying to link all of these together i'm trying mm. to segue them Understood. Uh, number 22 we're up to now is wow. honeymoon in vegas see 
I enjoyed Honeymoon in Vegas and Steve did not, which is probably why it's so high on the list because (laughs) I have more say in Yes. This (laughs) This movie set women back like at least five. Oh, absolutely. To ten decades. But it was still fun. (laughs) He jumps out of a plane. (laughs) Yes, that is a fun scene with the the Elvis impersonators Mm -hmm. jumping out of the plane. Uh, next up, very different. Can't segue this one. <laughs> Number twenty-one <laughs> is Eight Millimeter. Oh boy, that is a tough watch. It's actually a pretty good movie. I thought so too. But the between it's about snuff films, right? Yeah. So, but between the casting of Nicolas Cage and the director, who I forget who it was, I think a lot of pe- the problem with that movie is a lot of people went in thinking it was going to be a more lighthearted movie than mm-hmm. it was, and it mm-hmm. wasn't really rated. I think fairly. Agreed. I don't think they advertised it correctly. Right. Uh, number 20, moving into the top 20 here, Gone in 60 Seconds. Gone. Ah, it's a good one. It's great. Um, not much else to say. Angelina Jolie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Randomly they, in that movie. Yeah, they get really um, horny talking about cars. They're like, yeah. oh, the stick ship. Yeah. Oh, my God. And the gears. <laughs> Carburetor. <laughs> Carbur- I, I don't know anything about cars. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> uh, number 19 was an interesting one. That was Matchstick Men. Oh, I liked that movie yeah. a lot. Yeah, it was a the good con. one. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. long con. Long con with the daughter. Oh, yeah. That was a real long con. She was really good. She was good. I think we gave her best supporting. Yeah, we probably gave it to something inanimate or something yeah, like that. True. I don't remember. Uh, number 18, the first or the lowest. Oh, sorry. Wait, I forgot. Yeah. A ma- Matchstick Match Man was mm-hmm. the one that he goes to the pharmacy and freaks out, right? Yes. Have you ever been outside and beaten so bad until you pissed blood? <laughs> yeah, great, great scene. That was like one of his, to that point, that was probably his best freak out. Because he had some other freak outs in other movies before then, but that was like, that really took me by surprise. No. That was... Vampire's Kiss and all that was before that. Fair enough. You mean chronologically or within this ranking that we're talking about? Chronologically, but you're right because... But I guess... So here's my here's my point. Is that because he was very subdued as the character the entire movie, whereas... And oh, then it I comes understand. Out of nowhere. I understand, yeah. It comes out of nowhere. It does, yeah. right. That is... A, right. But you're right. Yeah, we'll get we'll get to that yeah, movie. A, yeah, okay. So let's <laughs> move on. Let's move on. Number 18 is the first of the Golden Cage period to show up on our ranking from worst to best and that is the rock Mm. yeah i i love the rock very entertaining movie but Mm. it's he's not super cagey in it no because he plays a nerd nerd, yeah yeah he has that terrible scene at the end that we both loved where it was like are you a fan of elton john's rocket man (laughs) and he blows a guy up with a rocket it's so silly (laughs) number 17 was a movie we actually quite liked which was red rock west pretty yeah, successful good movie yeah speaking of movies we liked number 16 i mean we liked all of these for some reason red or rock another. west reminded me a little bit of raising arizona just in like the mood of the movie even though it was wasn't as comedic right yeah red rock west wasn't comedic at all i thought it was yeah i don't know what you're thinking of he's like hiding on the top of the bar and hiding on the top hiding of the bar. like in the bathroom of the woman's house yeah but he ends up fighting his way out he beats yeah yeah the guy keeps coming after him right right and he can't leave red rock like he keeps trying to leave and he keeps getting well the, sent back kind of so i guess the settings are similar because it's red yeah, rock and, and, and in arizona. arizona so are they in arizona and raising arizona 
Actually, I don't think so. <laughs> I think that was just the baby's name, right? Yeah, they're both in like the South, though. Yeah, like sort or of the Midwest, American or desert area. Yeah, mm-hmm. Nevada, maybe. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, next up, number sixteen, another one that we liked. Uh, we didn't have a favorite scene of because it was kind of a tough watch as well. Which World Trade Center? Oh yeah, we watched that one recently. Yeah, it was it was good. Yeah, solid movie. Pretty, like I said, tough watch. Uh, next up is the next movie from the Golden Cage, and that is Con Air. It's a classic. Yeah, you know, how can it you be Con Air? But I, it's got a great cast. It has a fantastic cast, but there aren't very many good Nick Cage screams. Or scenes, honestly. Yeah, there's a few that he makes those iconic appearances in with his hair blowing oh, in the, the wind. Oh, the hair blowing in the wind, yeah. But he doesn't... He, he's got that great wiggle. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. But he doesn't really have a good scream in it. Yeah, he has a few, but they're nothing, you know, yeah. epic. Nothing like <laughs> go outside and piss blood. Yeah. <laughs> Next up is a surprisingly good movie, which was Kiss of Death. We didn't know what Kiss of Death was going to be. This is the one where he wears that shirt with the holes in the side and he bench presses a stripper. He gained like 50 pounds of muscle for this character. Yeah, yeah. I liked that one. Yeah, it was like I said, it came out of nowhere. We had never heard of this movie, but it was really good. Yeah. All right, we'll, we'll leave it there. Speaking of, we mentioned this a minute ago. I like how I'd say some of these movies were fun. A, a lot of them aren't intended to be fun, but we I just remember having fun watching it with you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, I don't think that Kiss of Death is a fun movie. Like, I don't no. I think that if the director heard me say that, he'd probably be offended. <laughs> no, well, it's supposed to be, like, it's about gangsters and mobsters and right. people stealing people cars. And stuff. And, yeah, but, yeah. I don't know. I just remember, like, watching Nick Cage bench press a stripper and laughing really hard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was kind of cool, but it also fit with his character, I think, yeah, too. Yeah, it did. So, number 13, we mentioned a second ago, is Raising Arizona. That's a great, great Coen Brothers movie. The most iconic scene that I remember is the one where he's running through the grocery store for, yes. with diapers, right? Yeah, yeah. Trying he to ro- steal diapers. Yeah, he robs a convenience store. Then he's running from the cops, and then he runs through a yard and accidentally unleashes a bunch of dogs. <laughs> so there's dogs chasing <laughs> cops, chasing, chasing cop, Nick Cage. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's very fun. Number, speaking of very fun, this is one of my favorites, and I think you're a little upset it's ranked this high. Number 12 is the very first Nicolas Cage picture, and that is the the made-for-TV pilot, Best of Times. It's so good. I recently went back and just watched, like, the first couple scenes when (sighs) when Crispin Glover appears, and then he introduces his friends, and, like, I'm pretty sure Nick is the first friend he introduces, and... Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's... (laughs) Yeah, it's on YouTube. It's 45 minutes long. It's, it's worth it. It's so worth it. And then there are some scenes, too, that if you're watching it on your phone, you can just double click and tap through oh, yeah. that you just don't need to watch forward. them all. But the Nick Cage scenes are amazing. Except the one where he's like, oh, I got to go to war he's, one day. Everybody else has a talking head where they play the laugh track and it's all fun loving. And Nick Cage has a talking head where he's like, I'm really nervous and scared about going to war and I don't want to do it. And yeah. I don't know how to break it and to my parents. And the backdrop is just like a serene ocean he's setting. He's like skipping stones and he's like really upset and they don't play the laugh track at all. And then the next scene, it's like, we're at the dance. He's like, yuck, yuck, yuck. <laughs> it's amazing. It's it's so wrong. He also, he also is rollerblading in overalls and no shirt it's a <laughs> musical for some reason 
outstanding that movie. Pretty amazing. So, <laughs> next up, number eleven, just outside of the top ten, Racing with the Moon. Solid movie, and this is our first. I was going to say this is our first really like cagey performance. So cagey at the tattoo parlor. Mm. Oh, it's an an amazing scene. It's Nick Cage <laughs> playing drunk for the first time, maybe. Yeah, he's like. 23 it's hysterical (laughs) to watch it's so good number 10 i'm actually surprised this this made the top 10 one we watched recently ghost rider i mean you know there's a lot to love about ghost rider i'm just surprised i don't think it's gonna stay in the top 10 for very long no it's cagey though Mm -hmm. the screams when he turns into the ghost rider <laughs> yes so i was like i don't yeah. know what it's called the ghost rider <laughs> The ghost rider that's what he is yeah yeah it, our favorite scene that i have written down here is when he's shirtless trying to scare the ghost rider out of himself oh, yeah. and it's like almost definitely <laughs> it's very definitely a body double but they don't admit that it's a body double because he's effing ripped so the next three movies are actually three of my legitimately favorite movies not like i like them because they're cagey these are like my favorite ones and number nine is the family man yeah you love the family i i knew i liked the family man going in and i watched it again and it's just so good oh okay i I know what these three movies are yeah you know what they are (laughs) so number eight is the weatherman okay which another one that kind of came out of nowhere i wasn't expecting to know much about the movie mm-hmm. and similar then, vibe to the family man yeah exactly and then is six adaptation number six yeah, is, i was gonna say or, or number seven we're at number seven, seven sorry is is adaptation just incredible nick cage playing twins so good. uh academy award nominated meryl streep's great chris cooper's fantastic in that movie oh my god yeah that was a great movie yeah like uh, it came out of nowhere nick had range yeah yeah, and that scene in the swamp where he's crying with his yeah, brother, with his brother. Who's himself. himself, yeah. Yeah. And all three of those movies, to me, I think strike the right balance of symbolism, mm-hmm. where you don't have to be like a David Lynch movie and be like, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> but it's also not like a ghost rider where it is everything, what you see is what you get kind right. of thing. Right. So. And they both, or all three of them are, I guess, like considered dramas. Yeah. But have comedic elements. Right. Family Man more so than the other two, I think. But you're right. Yeah, they are dark comedies, maybe, mm-hmm. I guess you could mm-hmm. you could say about some of those. So, yeah, great movies. Those three, maybe after a year or two buffer after we do this podcast. I would watch I would The Weatherman again. again. Yeah. I'd definitely watch Adaptation again. I'd probably watch The Family Man again. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, number six, just outside of the top five. Is it National Treasure? No. It is Sorry, a different Golden Cage tease. movie. I know. It's Face Off. Mm. Face Off. We love Face Off. Excellent movie. We watched a Travolta movie. Oh, we watched Pulp Fiction, Pulp Fiction. the other night. <laughs> yeah, we watched a different Tarantino movie <laughs> instead of uh, Grindhouse. Instead of Grindhouse. It felt suitable. We were yes. like, well, if we're not watching Grindhouse, we may as well just watch Pulp Fiction. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hannah had never seen it, so yeah, it, was, yeah, it was worth the watch. And it holds up. Except yeah, for- I enjoyed it how often they use the n-word mm, uh yeah. number five uncomfortable <laughs> yeah <laughs> number five top five baby here it is the wicker man oh shit so you asked me which actress do i think is better oh, or worse God. nick cage's ex-wife in the wicker man or, <laughs> or nick the cage's mom. mother-in-law in <laughs> wild at heart wild at heart i th- I, I think the mother-in-law is better i was gonna say the ex-wife 
I think oh, the mother-in-law oh, the is better. The mother-in-law is better, yeah. Because at least she makes a choice. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> you and I, Han, we get each other. We're on the same wavelength. Number four, top five, almost threw Nation, it here. National. Na- no. No. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I keep up like, woohoo, national treasure. <laughs> Number four is Nick Cage's best acting performance, Leaving Las Vegas. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I already forgot about that one. Fantastic. That was a tough watch. Oh, absolutely. But. Very sad. Earned. Well, well deserved. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> 50 movies ago. At, like ask me if i ever would have said that i know right <laughs> i think we have some level of stockholm, stockholm syndrome. syndrome yeah uh okay now number three do you want to say it is it by chance national treasure <laughs> it's national treasure it's nick cage's most iconic performance i think i love it people always say national treasure when they think nicholas cage they think national treasure yeah for some reason it's an amazing movie it's, it's just so fun i love it yeah it's i great. have it on dvd <laughs> that's true you do <laughs> all right number two now these top two are close number two incredible movies is deadfall (laughs) deadfall is Is one of the most horrible (laughs) worst movies ever committed to film it's so bad his brother right who directed yes chris coppola my my there are scenes where it looks like he don't quit your day job sir there are scenes where it looks like he just left the camera running on the table (laughs) And, like, there's no direction. No. Nick Cage just does whatever the hell he wants, and it's weird. It's amazing. The plot doesn't make any sense. I still think to this day, I think of the scene where Michael Bean, the lead actor of this movie, walks into the outdoor market, sees people pass a slip of paper around, and then walks inside of the office and says, you've got quite the con going here. What? What is the con? about the ending at at the, like, carnival? The carnival. It's like his dad had a. He's like, oh, I had a his long lost a twin, twin brother, but he, he was actually not his twin brother. Something. How about the point where Michael Bean gets <laughs> dropped off? He roots around in a desk for five minutes, then goes to his hotel, and the person who dropped him off has different hair, different, different clothes, different makeup. Can we watch it again? No. <laughs> not anytime soon and then they know the best scene is when the camera's up in like the corner of the room as if it's a security tape and nick cage just like slams the door open and he, like, just starts screaming he like kramers his way into the room he like does the kramer from seinfeld shuffle in and he goes Argh! and he's got all those amazing screams he bangs on the on the bed yeah yeah he like rides on the bed <laughs> writhing yeah, yeah. How about the scene that we are? We're just recapping scenes from this movie, but it's so good. But but the scene at the strip club where he's like, "Mommy, mommy," and then somebody taps him on the shoulder and he goes, "Like it's unintelligible." That's also the scene where he screams, "Fuck!" Hi, fucking yeah! Outstanding stuff. That movie's so bad, but. The reason no one's seen it. Nobody's seen no it. No one has seen this movie. I'm telling you, if you ever get the chance, worth it. If you want to watch a movie <laughs> that's like, what's a movie that's so bad it's good? This it's is this. it. It's this. This is it. But Nicolas Cage isn't in that movie very much. And that's why it's number two. Number one is a movie where Nicolas Cage is the star. And that is Vampire's Kiss. <sighs> Cinematic masterpiece. <laughs> um... 
just beautiful so weird so i i don't even interesting as well yeah i'm surprised i know that this movie has a cult following but i'm surprised this movie isn't more popular around halloween time let's watch it again at halloween i'd rather not (laughs) (laughs) but when he screams the alphabet when he is moaning and bloody through the street oh so good (laughs) when he's talking to himself when he does the face oh my god the face with teeth when he's looking at his uh his assistant oh yeah alba something like that oh poor alba and he makes his eyes really wide and he grins and oh my god yeah just and then he gets the fake teeth yes he He also uh eats a cockroach eats a a live cockroach. cockroach he chose to do that he did not need to he fired a prop gun into mm. his own mouth which you're not supposed to do yeah it's ill-advised I, amazing it's an amazing movie it it's is. just so good it is. it's just so good and that's a movie that is meant to be a dark comedy whereas the yes. wicker man <laughs> no no not it's not a dark comedy but i they really retroactively were like oh it's supposed to be a comedy yeah. and that's why people think it's so funny right but it's to not. save face yes so that's it that's 50 to 1 that's a christmas carol to vampire's kiss we watched them all well except for the length of grindhouse but we'll watch it eventually one day yeah but we watched uh the ss uh, werewolf women of the ss yeah yeah so that's that thanks for sticking with us guys for three episodes we love you 52 episodes i guess (laughs) i don't know if anybody listened to that commentary or not but march madness was a fun one yeah We'll do another Good March times. Madness in March. Can't wait. <laughs> Until then, do you have any other thoughts? Any other closing thoughts about the list? About no, I just thank yeah. you guys for for sticking around with us. You know, yeah, yeah. To all our rando listeners, yeah, who don't know us personally, they just stumbled across. They just searched Nicolas Cage, and honestly, and like us. there are other Nick Cage podcasts. Well, none that we support. <laughs> Just kidding. The Nicolas Cage community is a tight-knit group. We're like a little family on Instagram. <laughs> right. And I, I feel like we don't deserve it. So <laughs> thank you for thank you for including us. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's that. With that, we're going to watch next next week. Next next. Yes. And um, that's it. Cool. All right. All right. So now you know why the Nick Cage bird sings. For 50 episodes. Thanks for listening, guys. Take care. Now, freak.